at the start of our lives, medicine's our big passion, and then all of a sudden you have this child. You've just got a million balls in the air. You've just got to keep thinking about which ones you can't drop. You know, if my kids have pesto pasta for a week, that's fine. Hello, and welcome to the Mothers in Medicine podcast, the place where we'll be having honest and open conversations with the leaders in the medical field who are also mothers. I'm Dr. Scholler. I'm a neurology registrar, a wife and a mother. I love my job and I love my family, but life as a mother and a doctor can be hectic. Over the coming weeks, I'll be asking my guests about their real life experiences and they'll share their practical tips and advice for managing the juggle. In this episode, we'll be discussing when is the right time to have children in training? According to UCAS, 64% of people accepted onto a medical degree are women. And in 2020, out of the 300,000 registered doctors in the United Kingdom, 140.5,000 were women. But the demands of medical training are no secret. So with exams, research, perilous rotors and night shifts to contend with, is there a good time to start a family? Joining me today to discuss this is Dr. Katerina Bambang. She's a consultant in gynaecology and a subspecialist in reproductive medicine and fertility preservation services. But she's also a good friend and neighbour. We've known each other for about five years and often during the morning rush, we lock eyes with that knowing look. Hello, Katerina. Thanks, Charlotte. That, and that, that does bring happy memories. <laughs> the, uh, the knowing look over, um, <laughs> over the car. Um, heading out into into another day, yet another day of juggling, um, but yes. So I'm I I'm a consultant um, gynaecologist at the women's hospital, and that's my day job. I have three beautiful children who keep me very busy, so they're all under six, and um, and a very busy husband, which um, also comes into the mix. So yeah, so thank you for the invitation to be here. So today we're talking about when is the right time to have children um, as a doctor in training? What are your thoughts? I don't, that's a good question. I don't think there's a right time as such. I think there's the right circumstances for each individual. And I think every person has to kind of look at their lives and make an honest assessment of their life at that time and, and then say to themselves, well, where do I see my life in five years or in 10 years? Um, and I suppose within that to assess, well, well, what will it look like for me if I don't have children in mm. 10 years time? What will my life look like? Or And if, if that's a devastating thought, then it's worth coming back to where you're up to now and making plans or start prioritize. to prioritise it. And it's tricky because there are aspects of it that are out of your control, aren't they? You know, there's bits that, you know, if you haven't got a partner or if you're planning or on having children on your own, there's things that you need to put in place. You need to consider your finances. You need to consider things like childcare. What would you do for all of that? So I think there's a lot of things to think about. And then timing is is really important because we don't really, I mean, nobody likes to say, oh, you know, the clock is ticking. And I hate that phrase. But actually, it it, it is there in our, our biological clock in terms of fertility does change as we get older. And so 
I I meet so many um, career women who sort of come to my clinic um, in their late 30s and will say, nobody ever told me, or this was just never a thing that was discussed that, Mm. you know, this is going to be a problem later on. And, you know, now we've been trying to conceive for three years and it's not happening. And that's not, you know, it's not to sort of scaremonger, but it's just to say, well, if you're 30 and you're thinking, this is really important to me, I really want to have children, then it's definitely something to, to plan out for the next sort of three, four years rather than put on the back burner because it's almost the easy thing to do isn't it Mm. you know put it on the back burner and say well I don't know how to make that happen right now so I'm just going to think about it later yeah I think particularly when you're so used to just focusing on work yeah and just work 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 and there's the next thing that you need to milestone the the next exam Mm. the next qualification that I need to get the next role and when you're so focused it's important to think of the Mm. other areas of your life and you know um but then and also recognizing that you've got to be flexible haven't you because you can plan everything and make assessments for what you want to see in the next five years but if the conditions aren't there you know and if you're not in a position to say financially or in a relationship or you know any of those other things that need to to happen it just may not be possible and I think also being prepared to readjust your kind of expectations of your life because there's all these time scales oh I need to have done my core medical training by the time I'm 25 and I need to be in registrar training by the time I'm 30 or and I need to be consulted by this age. And, and so you struggle to kind of put the two mm. together. Oh, absolutely. Um, but ex- accepting, but no, if children are a priority for me, then may- maybe training will take a bit longer and maybe I'll be a consultant when I'm 40. And, and, and that's okay. That's There's fine. nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. A lot of these timescales and things, they're really, I think, quite make-believe. Yeah, but- and they're quite arbitrary, aren't they? I mean, I'm poster girl for that because... I finished my training really, what was it, five years later than I was meant to. Mm. And then you were meant to. And, I mean, then you, I was meant to, exactly. Meant to. Exactly. Just... I wasn't meant to, exactly. So, and, and I think that's it, isn't it? You're absolutely, you've hit the nail on the head there because at the start of your training, there's a forms, this, uh, I think it's the form R that we fill out for the GMC and it says expected date mm. of CCT. So you sort of think, Oh, right. So that's the expected date of when I'm going to finish. So that you use that as your target around which you place everything. So yes, that was the original date. And I finished five years after that. And, you know, and I I had to, I had to look at, I mean, there were SHOs that I worked with who were now consultants and I was working for them as a registrar. Mm. And so, but I think you just have to be quite sage about it and not take it, take it too seriously. I mean, I had, friends ask me oh you know does that not feel really awkward taking advice from people that you were senior to in the past and I sort of think no you know Mm. it's more that's more of an ego involved thing rather than a reality actually you've just got to accept um, or respect the role rather than the person you know this is the consultant this is the relationship I as a registrar need to have with the consultant and who they are whether they were my SHO or not doesn't really come into play so I think once you accept that and you sort of think well everyone has their own timeline and that's okay then it stops being so important you just got to be okay with it at the end of the day this is life life. absolutely life Life is life there's 
I don't know that there's any right or wrong answers. You have to decide what you mm. want your life to look, look like and then readjust things. Because obviously, if you're focusing on having children at some point in your life, then, you know, work might take a bit longer. Mm. It's not a bit longer. It's just your, that's the way it is for That's you. the timeline that so, you have. Yes, I think yeah. it's a real mindset yeah. shift. Like, I mean, I feel like even yeah. now, we, we, I can still see. We're still kind struggling of with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's true, isn't it? It's almost like we look at life in training as preparation for real life you know real life will start when we complete our training this is all prep but actually this is the real deal you know and and you've got to live it in a way that works for you and not the the like you say these arbitrary timelines that have been set Mm. and with with nothing related to you in mind yeah I was reading a study, um, an Egyptian study that found that 82% of women in medicine had smaller families as they chose to prioritise career. Um, And one woman shared, I planned on having a second child. I never got to it. Biggest regret in my life. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, that's the thing. No one really wants to regret the decisions that they've made, whether it's about career, you know, or about family. And, you know, what advice would you give to women who are wanting to have a family and, trying to make these kind of decisions and torn between the two. Yeah, I think it's important to identify your your priorities. And we've talked about this before. I think knowing what you want is number one, because I think the, the, the hardest thing is looking back on life and realising what you wanted later on and, and in retrospect, because you can't go back then. You know, being 45 and realising I really wanted a family is 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 a tough thing Mm -hmm. because you know your options are limited moving for and again that that's the same the other way around you know kind of having children and then realizing oh gosh this isn't where I wanted my career and I think that's almost even more difficult to acknowledge because there's guilt associated with saying oh gosh my children have halted my career progression and actually that was really important to Mm. me And so I think you just need to be really honest with yourself and say, what is my priority? And it doesn't have to be, you know, we don't all have to be earth mothers that, you know, I know we're told these days that we have to be earth mothers that, you know, do do everything with our children and then go to work and do everything at work. If career is still really important to you, and it can be, you know, and it is for a lot of us, you know, whilst you have children, it's just about saying, well, yes, both of those things are going to have equal significance in my life. Mm. And so, and that's okay. And I'm just going to put both into play and see how that works out. Because in the end, I don't want to look back and think and wish, wish it were otherwise. So, so yeah, that's what I would say is just go for it. Yeah. Um, you can, you can get, you know, I suppose we've, I suppose that contradicts what we were saying before about planning, but you can go to the extreme and have a bit of analysis paralysis where you're sort of thinking about it so much that in the end, you know, you get to this point where you think, oh gosh, I can't make a decision. I don't know what the right thing is. Yeah. And I, and I think another thing to think is that um, children go through different stages, like in the Absolutely. beginning, but you know, they, they might really need you. Absolutely. And I think that's it. I think, when you're parenting very young children, the physicality of it mm. is the biggest thing, isn't mm. it? And it's the ex- the physical exhaustion, the physical sort of running around yeah. after them, you know, <laughs> carrying them around, lugging them to various places. I think that that the mental load changes because actually as they get older, the physicality 
reduces and you are probably less tired, but actually probably the, the, the thinking and the kind of mental load of how to manage, you know, young teenagers yeah. is probably greater. So, so yeah, so that's it. It's, it's, you know, you're not always going to have the same demands and actually that will then also allow you some flex within work and yeah. how your work can change and what you're able to give to work changes as your children change and go, go into the next stage. Um, so, yeah, so I think you're right. It's really important to think about, isn't it? Because it's quite easy when you've got really young children to just feel so bogged down with all of yeah. that and think that's never going to end. Um, it's always going to be the same, but actually it's quite a short time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I know it's a quite a personal thing, but what considerations did you have personally um, in making the decision of when was the right time? That's a really good question. <laughs> because in my... In my case, I guess some of that decision-making was taken out of my hands because I got married quite late. Well, I met my husband quite late. So I started having children when I was 35. And I guess the consideration for me was the fact that I was I was 35 so I knew, and I wanted a big family. So I just had to start. Mm. I don't think I had really understood or appreciated how important it is to have a village around you. Um, to help raise a child, yeah. Um, especially as a as a, as a mum who is also a doctor, because you're called in at short notice. You have on calls. Your husband has on calls. You know, you often have to juggle two separate rotors. It's 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 really tricky. Is there anything that you would have done differently now in hindsight? Obviously, you've got the most amazing children. We adore them. <laughs> My kids adore them. But is there anything that you thought, oh, I, oh, I never really thought about that? You mentioned childcare. Was there, there anything yeah. else? Yeah. Um, I, d- I, I don't think so in, in the sense that, you know, we were, I suppose we were talking about planning and organics. And, and, and I think in our case, it was probably all quite organic. It was what we were given. It doesn't help. We don't have huge amounts of support around us. So I don't know whether we would have considered relocating oh, really? um, potentially in order to just have that support. Can you tell I've had a few nightmares with childcare? <laughs> Haven't we but, all? Yeah, Particularly exactly. in this COVID period. That's yeah, it. Absolutely. Difficult. So what does life look like as a mum and a doctor now busy 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 I think it's juggling it's a constant juggle isn't it and I'm sure you've found the same um you're you've just got a million balls in the air um you've just got to keep thinking about which ones you can't drop and and you know you've got you've and I think the way I now I've I've become a little bit more sage about it all so you know you've got you've got glass balls you've got plastic balls if you drop the plastic balls, it's okay. Um, if you, you know, the, the glass balls are the ones you really need to focus on keeping in the air. And that's kind of what I look at life like now. Mm. You know, if my kids have pesto pasta for a week, that's fine. <laughs> they've, they've had a nutritious meal. It was green. Yeah. They'll, they'll manage, um, you know, missing a major appointment or, or something major at work. You know, those, those are non-negotiable. So, and, and I think, you know, and mistakes happen, but it's just working out how to how to do that juggle um, in a way that works for you and your family. It's important to kind of readjust your kind of expectations. Yeah. Priorities completely change. Sometimes I feel I'm, I can't get all my ducks in a row. Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah. are the main ducks, are the important, are the important ducks, are they ducks, there? Are they where they're yeah. supposed to be? And, you know, being okay that, you know, everything is not going to be 
necessarily perfectly aligned or yeah. you know maybe the way you would have wanted previously and it takes time doesn't it a lot of doctor mums are probably perfectionists yeah and so and and medicine's all we have at the start of our lives medicine's our big passion so we're all kind of you know giving our lives to it and then all of a sudden you have this child and you think the child is going to slot into that and you're going to be perfect at both things and you're going to manage all of those things perfectly and very swiftly you realize that's not going to happen um so there's the practical bits and then there's the mental adjustment adjustment that you need to make i think it is definitely a mental adjustment because you know it came to the point when i had kids and i went through a period of just being overloaded and then thinking no i'm gonna have to start to say no and Mm. i'm just gonna have to start to sort of like reassess and i think prioritizing Mm. is a really important part of that and within that it's almost the how you look at yourself because uh, certainly for me, not saying no, or always taking things on had was linked to how I felt about myself mm. because I felt that I was pulling my weight. I felt like I was um, I, I was working hard. I was applying myself, all of those things that I expect of myself and others within the job. But I think once you have children and you realise no, actually, I'm going to have to set some boundaries here. And I, there are, I'm going to have to say no. You start to feel guilty. Yeah. And it's that guilt that then comes that you've got to talk yourself out of. Yeah. That, no, this is healthy. It's not, you know, I'm not kind of pulling away from work or, or turning away work that I should be doing. It's just creating healthy boundaries within the areas of my life. Yeah, and I think accepting that life has changed. You've got two jobs now, you've got children, and you've got work, and you're going to have to adjust both... You, you've yeah. got to ca- you've got yeah. to carry them both, but you're just going to have to make yeah. that kind of adjustment. Yeah, absolutely. And also not feeling guilty because your kids have one mum. Yes, <laughs> and so reorganizing work around around the you know your children is not an unreasonable thing mm-hmm. to do. So, so and yeah. it doesn't actually make you a worse doctor. I, I know that I've been through times of feeling like I'm a worse doctor because of that. It's it's not that you're a worse doctor. It's just things it's are different. Yeah, yeah, it's life. Yeah, You're absolutely. balancing all of life. It's yeah. not just work. There's yeah, yeah, growth. absolutely, absolutely. Um, so what would you say have been your um, biggest challenges as a mother and a doctor? Um, my biggest challenge, I think, would be actually what we've discussed, making that realignment right. to, my, to my life. Because for a long time, I tried to do both with the same and maintain the same standard and actually that somehow precariously worked but I had no life of my own there was zero self-care and then my second child came into the mix and it was unsustainable so I I I nearly had a breakdown and realized that something has to change and I think that was the biggest challenge is is just accepting that I can't I can't deliver on the same level that I used to and I was going to have to change my working patterns sort of in terms of practically day-to-day the the times that I go into work the time that I finish um it doesn't help that my husband has quite a demanding job as well so it's you know a lot of things end up falling on on me so that was quite challenging 
Um, but I feel healthier now for having acknowledged that and, and kind of moved on from it. It didn't help that I think childcare has been a huge challenge. Mm. Um, so that's made things for not, it sort of added to that burden. But I think as years pass, I guess like like medicine, like our, you know, the way you become a better doctor when you become more experienced and, and you know, you're not, you don't feel that initial fear when you first hit the wards. Um, you don't feel that three years down the line. I think as the longer you parent and work as a, as a, and, and are a working mum, the better you become at it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I do think it's important to reflect, though, to to take time to time, kind of take steps back and take stock of where your life is at at regular intervals. Yeah, um, it can be a bit difficult though when you're yes, like, super can. busy. And- it can, it can, but it's so important. Yeah, and I've only really realised that. I mean, I you know my son is six, and he's the eldest, and I've only really realised that in the last year that actually no, I have to step back every so often mm-hmm. and just look at where I'm up to because otherwise you find yourself on the brink where you realize I have zero reserves left and mm. you shouldn't have to come to that because then you're doing everything badly through no fault of your own yeah. but and and it, it has detrimental effects on you and actually if you take stock every so often you'll realize oh I think my reserves are running a bit low I need to I need to prioritize myself for a bit and I think that's a healthier approach for me anyway I think that's a healthier yeah way yeah I, I do agree so I know that you know we've talked about how challenging life is as a doctor and a mother and that kind of um, split between work and motherhood and how to balance with that do you think it's possible to have your cake and eat it too no I don't that's I guess that's quite harsh I think it's in the traditional sense in the way that um, the world tells us that you can have have it all I don't believe you can because I think something always has to give and I think we we mentioned it a bit earlier you you mentioned about adjusting life Mm. and I think and adjusting expectations and I think that's that's it it's accepting you can be highly successful and you can have a family but it probably won't look like what you thought it would look like mm. when you didn't have children, mm. um, and that that's okay. It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't matter. You, your st- you know your success doesn't change because you've had to, you know, realign your working hours, or you know because now you have to be picking up your children, or because you now can't work in the evening the way you used to. And that's fine. Um, but I think if you expect to do the same things that you did before, yeah, after, it's just not going to happen. What, what do you think would be your three top practical tips? I think be organised um, is probably number one up there. You need, you need a calendar of some sort. Um, so I have a work calendar where I put all important th- things that I need to remember about individual patients and then I have a, a a home calendar and then I have a separate kids calendar okay so calendar lady, calendar lady. <laughs> and honestly it's the only way I can remember anything because otherwise I just forget so yeah so I've got everything in there um, and I would say that's such a massive deal and then delegate just learn to delegate because I'm an awful delegator mm. both at work and at home it's the only way mm. because you can't like we said you can't do everything so once you've sort of put everything in the calendar, delegate things, and then 
make sure you you time in some self-care yeah because self-care is it's what i was saying before about it gives you that opportunity to reflect yeah refill and self-care doesn't have to be a spa it you know everyone sort of thinks of self-care good. a spa is good <laughs> i'm all up for a spa but it doesn't have to be you know everyone sort of thinks oh i haven't got time for self-care i've got to book a day off and you know go to a spa and have my nails done it doesn't have to be that it can just be going for a walk or having an hour on your own where you will put your feet up, you will ignore the mess in the house and you'll have a cup of tea mm. and that's it. And that's just enough to kind of reset your batteries. Yeah. I have a Peloton. Mm, lovely. <laughs> and this is not an advert, it, it, <laughs> but it, it genuinely has made such a huge difference to me. And I guess exercise of any form um, is just so important. And I just started to to really prioritise it. And I think the more... In the beginning, it was kind of, I, I would squeeze it in whenever I could. But then I, the more I did it, the more it made me feel great. So mm-hmm. then I started to prioritize it and say, no, it's not if I have time, I'll squeeze it in. It's this is the window yeah. when I'm on my bike. So when do you do that? Um, at 5 a.m. Oh, wow. <laughs> Although I say that, that's not happening at the moment since we moved house. So, um, but yes, it's 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 the sort of me time between 5 and 5.30. I've started waking up really early as well recently. And just to have that time by yourself. Yeah. To just get in, get in the zone for the day. It's almost just in silence. Yeah. You have a bit of time to just prepare yourself for what's to come. And then the first person wakes up. Yeah. And, and it's go. <laughs> so that's all for today. Thanks for listening. Join us again for the next episode of the Mothers in Medicine podcast. And remember to follow or subscribe. And if there's anything you would like to hear discussed on a future episode, you can contact me at themimpodcast at gmail.com.